It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Trey Burke, quick action gives the favors. Top of the key, ball fakes Azili, now fires. It hits! Oh, Derek Favors, don't do me like that! Jazz within two. Vivid Smart Overina on their feet! It's locked on Jazz for the 19th of July, a midday edition. Derek favors his role with the Jazz, and is he the forgotten gem? That's the focus on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. I apologize for the somewhat intermittent uh, podcasting this week. My daughter's playing in a golf tournament in Palm Springs. I am with her. Not the easiest thing. We're teeing off. She's teeing off at 7.30 in the morning, and... So there's really no time to get it done in the morning, and I'm trying to get it done now for you. So uh, my apologies a little bit on that. Uh, I'll try to see what else I can do. Rob Mahoney has written a uh, nice piece, by the way, at Sports Illustrated about the jazz. It's probably worth going to grab. Uh, if I can get another one up this week, I'll I'll digest that and break it down a little bit for you. I want to talk about defaves uh, mostly today as the primary uh, discussion point. I feel like that's come up. There have been some emails to me. I feel like it's a little bit of where we are. By the way, on the Locked On Podcast Network, we have ventured into the NFL uh, starting in training camp. We'll have some new NFL podcasts up. Uh, some good ones on right now. Uh, Locked On Spurs is... And Pelicans have some new issues that are uh, interesting. Mailbag for Locked On Knicks Part 2 just has floated. So uh, we're full. Locked On Cavaliers has started. Locked On Rockets has started. Locked On Bucks has started. Uh, we're, we're keep motoring along with more and more on the Locked On Podcast Network. I uh, hope you've taken uh, some of those in, enjoyed them, and, uh, you know, are supportive because really without you and your support of Locked On Jazz, none of this uh, would have ever happened. All right, let's uh, jump over to our pins across the world. Uh, always like to get those in and not going to change that at all today along the way. All right, let's go to uh, Jared Schultz. I grew up in a tiny town of Sunset, Utah. The Jazz were a main connection to my oldest brothers for a lot of years growing up. He lives in Utah. Wherever I'm in town, he scours to find his tickets. I vividly remember watching many games together, and then he was serving a mission in Italy for two years. The Jazz went to the finals. I remember writing him letters all about the Jazz playoff runs. Those would be great to save. We kept joking about how we needed to get out of the country so we can get them to the finals again. I now live in Hillsboro, Oregon. Hillsboro. Uh, Worked for Intel. Congratulations. Every time I come home during the season, he goes and finds some tickets for us to go together. In the last couple of years, we've been bringing our little boys. I actually won tickets for my employer to the game between the Jazz and the Blazers this year. That was sent to me in January. That is Jared Schultz, and that is our pin across the world today in a suburb outside of Portland, Oregon. Glad to have you aboard. You're welcome to send me an email at dlock09 at gmail.com, dlock09 
at gmail.com uh, to discuss. All right, let's get to our tip-off story of the day. Uh, Derek Favors. I thought it was interesting when 538 uh, did their you know, projected win uh, over replacement player numbers. It was Favors, the one who still had the largest increase. Derek turned 25 years old the other day. July 15th, he's still only 25 years old. He has only been a starter in the league uh, because of the way the Jazz are structured for three straight years. So there's still a lot of growth. And there's been jumps. Last year, each of the years of his NBA career, he's increased his scoring average. Uh, last year, I think uh, he he fell off the radar a little bit because of the injuries. The 62 games played, the fact he missed 20 games, uh, I think has made some people kind of forget how how really strong and important a player he is uh, to this franchise. There's there's a lot of different metrics I can look at and things of that nature, but I do feel as though he, people keep asking me, what's happened to Derek? Uh, I think it's a three-part phenomena with Derek. One is... Trey Lyles is the flavor of the month, uh, and rightfully so. He really can score beautifully. Number two is that Derek missed those 20 games with injuries, and I think that kind of changed how people felt, and he wasn't really the same after he came back. And, and number three, I, I honestly would just say ignorance. Like, it's just kind of I think you've forgotten how good he is. He does so many things. He's a full-size power forward that can switch one through four defensively. He's our only big that's a good passer at one and a half assists a game. He grabs a steal a game. He blocks a shot a game, blocks one or two shots a game uh, while scoring 16 points. His rebounding was has dropped a little bit since he started playing with Rudy, but he's still an eight-rebound-a-game guy. Uh, he's only started 250 NBA games in his career. There's still so much development that is possible for... Derek. Now, the problem with Derek is whether or not, you know, he really can expand his shooting range enough for the Jazz to be able to not feel the floor is crowded. But if you look at that development, he two from uh, 2011 12, he shoots 27% from over 16 feet. 12 13, he shoots 26%. 13 14, he shoots 26%. Now, last, two years ago, he shot 34%. And this year, he shot 31%. From or 33%. From 10 to 16 feet, he's gone from 24 to 36 to 37 to 40 to basically 40 again. And if you dig even deeper into the numbers last year, what actually happened is when he came back from the back injury, he wasn't nearly as good a shooter. And that changed those numbers. But prior to that, everything that was going on with Derek was heading in the other direction. You know, Derek was absolutely becoming a better and better player every single day until that back injury. That back injury altered some of the numbers on him. And I think that's has skewed a little bit uh, of what some people were thinking because uh, Derek really had shown fabulous growth as a player, developing many of those shooting skills, doing a lot of that. And if you start to break down his numbers and look at them prior to the back injury and to after the back injury, you get a very a different story. And so the hope would obviously be that that player that was prior to the back injury is the one that we're going to see 
throughout. I mean, you really, I could probably tr- dig up some numbers for you, but when you start to just kind of look at, at what he did last year, as I said, you, you dig into those numbers and you see, well, he only shot 33% from 16 to 24% feet. And from, you know, 10 to 14, he shot 42 and from 15 to 19, he shot 33. But if you start to try to kind of alter those a little bit and take it for different periods of the game and you do pre-All-Star break, you suddenly get better numbers. And that, I think, is what's encouraging uh, to the future for Derek. I mean, his pre-All-Star break from 16 to 24 feet, he's at 37%. He's over 40% from outside 10 feet. Uh, and so you see where then post-All-Star break, those numbers all dipped uh, a tiny bit. Uh, the other one is just defensively how important he is, and Rudy's not fully established yet, so that he can play the five, he can play the four. Um, outside 15 feet, by the way, post-All-Star break, Derek shot 27%. Actually, outside 16 feet, Derek shot 28% post-All-Star break. And so that was really the back. He just was not all the way healthy. Um, the healthy Derek has really added that as a shooting element uh, to his game. The other element aspect to him is this Rudy is obviously incredibly important to us to find who we are, but he doesn't make Derek a non-factor, as I think a lot of people want to try to uh, pretend. Derek still has an offensive game and ability around the basket and a pick-and-roll game that Rudy can't match, that when we really want to be an offensive-laden lineup with still some defensive presence, you can have Derek on the floor next year. And that gives him... Uh, that gives the Jazz, you know, if you suddenly slide Joe Johnson or Gordon Hayward or someone like that down to the four, you play D as your, as your five, and now you've got some special stuff going on. Because Fave's still, you know, coming off the pick and roll is one of the better guys in the league at uh, 73 percentile, 55% as a shooter off the pick and roll. What he's not great at uh, is, you know, some of this spot-up, find the angle, hit that open jumper kind of stuff uh, that were that you might be looking for more out of a five. At times, or a four, at times he's better as a five. And really, he's incredible on the offensive glass. And that's the one area where we really could miss the services of Trevor Booker. And I think you've got to understand a little bit of what, you know, of what that is, that Trevor's departure hurts the Jazz in the sense that you know, he was really a fabulous offensive rebounder. That's always been a huge strength of the Jazz. Now I think you're ending up, you've got to keep an eye on whether or not that's something that the Jazz are able to uh, maintain or not. And favors is going to be vital to doing that. So I do think a little bit Derek has been uh, forgotten a little bit here. I think people, uh, Trey Lyles, rightfully, people are excited about him. But Derek's versatility to play both the four and the five, to guard one through five defensively, uh, still makes him special. Uh, his uh, defensive box plus minus improves every single year. Uh, those are the basically a box score estimate of a player's value. And that's you know probably the best way to look at him defensively. His rebounding numbers are only down because I think of who he's playing with. His his defensive rebounding rate's not the same, uh, but he is a ten percent offensive rebounder. That stayed the same. His defensive rebounding has dipped a little bit. He's probably got to improve that, particularly late in games when we had all of our um, defensive rebounding problems. So those are my thoughts on where Derek is uh, right now. What's going on with D? Uh, and there does seem to be kind of this consistent 
email question every now and then uh, that I'm getting from people that is saying, hey, what's going on? You know, what's Derek's role? And to me, it's it's very clear what Derek's role is. He's he's still an incredibly, incredibly important uh, aspect of the Jazz and where they're going. Now, when all the salaries come to fruition and that, I think will be difficult. The other one that's probably worth mentioning is there's been a lot of talk about a Derek extension. I'm not sure that that's necessarily uh something that Derek wants to do. You know, it makes sense maybe if the Jazz can do it, but they have to have Derek wanting to do it. And Derek, I think, sees a huge max payday coming and probably has very little interest in anything else uh, along the way other than that huge max uh, payday that he will certainly get along the NBA. And the Jazz are going to have to figure out at some point uh, who they're maxing, how they're maxing everyone and what they're doing. Uh, in that regard. Uh, not a lot of news going on in the NBA. I mean, you got the Miles Plumley signing, uh, just crazy numbers. Uh, Milwaukee uh, added that to the mix. You can uh, check that out, by the way, if you'd like to, at uh, Locked on Bucks. Uh, talked about that. Uh, the NBA is kind of going into their dead period from a summer league standpoint of the Jazz. Uh, I thought it was nice to see Bowling Boy get better. Uh, and whenever he started... Uh, he, he played better. That's actually disconcerting to me a little bit because he's going to have to figure out how to play in limited time periods. Uh, he's, he's not going to be a, a multiple, you know, many minute a guy player at any point in his NBA career. So we'll have to see whether or not, um, you know, we'll have to see whether or not that has, uh, you know, it, it precludes him from being a successful NBA player. Uh, along the way, I, I, Tyrone Wallace, Marcus Page, the battle. Uh, hopefully, they'll be able to uh, increase their talent level a tiny bit and understand the game and figure out what they're going to be able to do. Uh, but otherwise, I didn't think the summer league yielded much for the Jazz. Trey Lyles was obviously the best player there, did what he needed to do. But it's a weird phenomenon. You sit there and tell Trey Lyles, I want you to go be the man for all of summer league. And then when he comes back from summer league, you want to assimilate into a team. So I always find uh, that seems to be uh, a little bit strange. Uh on where the league, you know, what the summer league role is uh, for some of these guys. All right, that is our condensed edition of Locked On Jazz today, coming to you from Palm Springs. Uh, there might be something tomorrow afternoon for you, depending on how my schedule goes. Otherwise, we'll be back at it with you uh, Thursday or Friday. Uh, thanks very much for understanding, and talk to you soon. Hi, you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10 to 1010. Select styles only. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter, so it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.